Welcome to the Anonymous Movie Podcast with your hosts, Jane Doe. And Joe Doe, no relation. We're two Hollywood insiders who want to talk shit and shop about movies without pissing anyone off. On our journey as screenwriters, we asked ourselves, what makes a movie meaningful? And in this podcast, we'll explore the answer. By watching some of our all-time favorite movies and some of yours, we'll delve into what makes a movie great and why. So break out some popcorn. And grab some raisinettes. Because this is the Anonymous Movie Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Anonymous Movie Podcast. We're back with another exciting film that we've watched. It's uh, it's uh, been a little while, uh, but I think we're both excited to uh, get involved. How are you doing, Jane? Oh, you know, just another day in a pandemic-filled world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, you know, the best so, pandemic you know. life. Well, I'll tell you what. It has felt like a weird summer vacation. It, it's like a depressing summer vacation. Because you can't do all the things you would like to do on summer vacation. I mean... Yes, but I, well, yeah, well, I, it's not like I'm going to concerts or anything or going out to the movies, but. I mean, we were supposed have... to see Alanis Morissette. I feel like we were going to go to another concert. Backstreet we were... Boys. Backstreet Boys, we were going to go to. Um... Had a lot of concerts this summer. We, and we had a lot of Q&A things that we like to oh, go to. We awesome. like to go to the movies. We just don't do any of that. So now we're watching movies at home, and that's still fun. And we have a podcast, which is also really fun. It is so fun. Um, you know what? I have been playing a lot of tennis. Um, tennis is good. Very active out there. It is very, very active. Um, and uh, I, I'm now um, decent at it. Not great. Not, but you know what? It used to be really bad, and now I'm just I can hit it over the net and um, feel good about it. You know. I mean, here's the thing about tennis. I actually took tennis as a kid. I had a tennis instructor and everything. Oh, very I, you. I guess I was okay. I don't know. I never actually played a game of tennis. Mm-hmm. Like he would just you know hit the ball to me, and I would practice backhands and um and forehands and serves and whatnot but like never no, we never actually had a game where we hit it back and forth he would just throw it to me and i would just hit it anywhere in the tennis court um so yeah so i feel like i never actually learned the rules of tennis i just learned how to hit a ball correctly but not where to aim it um and uh. i also discovered that whenever I serve, I tend to hit it like completely out of the tennis court and like miles away. Well, here's the thing. If you were playing tennis with me, um, you would, I mean, because I've been playing for now, what seems like two months uh, now, not, I'm pretty decent at it. I can usually aim to place the ball where I want it to go on the court. I will say I'm not as graceful as my partner. But, um, still. but you know, as long as it gets over the net, I mean, 
would I want to look graceful doing it? Of course. Absolutely. Do I look probably a little clunky doing it? Sure. But, you know, that's just something I'm going to have to live with. That's just the life you've got to live, you know? It's just the life I currently live. That's <laughs> that is very true. And, you know, hashtag blessed that I live close to a tennis court that I can play um, pretty often because there's not much else to do these days, if you know what I mean. The, the truth is I love watching stuff. But when you have all day to watch all of the stuff you want, it doesn't feel like a treat, you know, like after a long day of work, you drive home and you're like, oh, I just want to grab a meal and sit my butt down and watch something good. Versus I could just watch something all day long. Now I don't feel like watching something. I know. I know. This is this is the irony, the great irony of 2020. But hopefully... Hopefully the podcast um, is a fun way for people to revisit their favorites. Um, totally. And and uh, hear what random strangers in Hollywood think of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, I was telling you what, at least why I was excited about this idea was I love listening to podcasts like this one. Where, where people do deep dives into my favorite movies. And I love hearing what other people have to say. So I hope that people enjoy what we have to say. I also hope people enjoy what we have to say. I hope they're not like falling asleep to our voices. <laughs> I mean, look, if, 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 if we are your comfort at bedtime, then I will take it. Uh, but uh, yes, if we are your comfort at bedtime, because we're not engaging enough. So that's a little sad, but hey, at least, sad. Cho- at least you've chosen us. It's a little sad. Or maybe our voices just sound a little sleepy. In oh, which that. case, I, I, I will also, I won't object to. Right, right. I mean, of all the podcasts that you chose us to go to bed to, still, it touches my heart. That's true. Look, and maybe, maybe there's an ASMR career in, in, oh, for both of us. So true. Oh my gosh. You know, we should start a second podcast where we just <laughs> choose, choose stuff. <laughs> eat stuff and brush our hair and things Ooh, that's true i thought you were gonna say that a second podcast to do a movie anons but only in a whisper <laughs> the whisper we'll call it whisper movie anon whisper movie anon <laughs> it's so good the whisper movie anonymous podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be great I think we'd be the first to do a, an yeah. ASMR uh, podcast. <laughs> an ASMR movie movie uh, breakdown podcast. Look, we're a very niche market here. We're really cornering that whole market, that non-existent market for whispering. That about is movies. So true. I mean, yeah. hey, look, if enough people want it, you you can uh, create a hashtag, hashtag whisper movie and on. Maybe we'll have a second. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have just one episode be, be the asmr episode we could have like a small segment where we just we, we're like okay now we're switching into our asmr section as voted for you, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so funny so funny um so we're actually uh recording this out of order um this will be our fourth episode but uh but we're actually Isn't our fourth episode. How many? Who did we do? Oh, um, yes, I see what you're saying. You're right, because our third episode we haven't actually recorded yet. 
Um, and that's because we wanted to do this one because it was fresh in our minds. The other one we hadn't got around to recording. And so we felt like, let's do the one that's fresh in our minds first. And then we'll do a little refresher of the other one, which was Hocus Pocus, uh, which you will have already heard since it will come before this. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, we just wanted to jump in right right while this was still fresh in our minds because we were excited and dying to talk about it with each other anyway and we were just like let's just record let's just record right now and uh and 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 chat about it because we really enjoyed it we watched it last night and uh it was was have we told them what movie we watched last night we haven't even keeping it we haven't said it so we uh we watched sister act yes that is the first sister act with uh the amazingly talented whoopi goldberg yes who was also in the second sister act i, I feel like most of them were the second sister act um yeah. but jane you are you had sort of grown up way more with sister act too i think so had i i mean i'd seen them both but definitely i, I think two sort of stuck with both of us more because it was about kids um yeah. and well, so it- it was like that perfect age range where like the kids in the movie were in high school and I wasn't in high school yet. And so, you know, high school kids were cool. They were cool. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They were so cool. So watching a movie with high school kids, you're like, wow. But also, God, the music in Sister Act 2, just banging. Just, just fun. So much fun. And yeah, I think, so I think for a lot of people in our generation, the millennials are very much that's their sister act the other sister act was a little early for us and a little too uh, grown up for us i mean i still remember enjoying it as a kid but not nearly as much as the second one i Um, mean i feel like i enjoyed it a lot as a kid just because the music is so good yeah the first one you mean yeah the first one and the second i mean yeah the first one but yeah the second one's music is amazing the first one also amazing Yes, and I do remember liking it as a kid, but never like being like, oh my God, that was amazing. But I remember thinking that of the second one and then really sort of wanting to rewatch the first because I'd almost forgotten the first existed because of how much the second one kind of took up the pantheon of what that movie is. I mean, I think if you speak to any millennial right now and you say Sister Act immediately, they'll be like, oh my God, Lauren Hill, she was so good. You know, like I don't think they would even think of the first movie. No, you know, you know what's interesting. Talking about the first and second one, if you told me tomorrow that they were going that that they had Sister Act three on the roster, I would be so down. Apparently, they were supposed to be. I don't know. There was talk of it. I wonder, um, but what other what other scenario could you put her in? Oh my gosh, I would send her to the UK, okay, where Maggie Smith is living, and I doubt she's coming to the US to shoot any more movies. Mm, right. So I, I was thinking about it last night while I was watching. I was like, I would send her to the UK. She has to go to some sort of, um, you know, low down neighborhood that's sort of down on its luck. Okay. Maggie Smith has moved home. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just a whole new cast of characters. At the same, It's the same story. I mean, the second one's the same story as the first story, really. It, it totally is. I was thinking of that while I was watching it last night. I was like, this is literally just kind of basically like the same plot as the first as the yeah. first one but it's still like just different people and different characters and different problems so it's that's, so much fun that's good enough. exactly like so i feel like you just go to the uk you find a whole new group of people that need your help and you're off to the races and that way you get Maggie smith again which i mean she's fantastic in it too 
So, um, yeah, so should we just dive right in? Yeah, let's do it. So, yes, as we said, we watched Sister Act 1 last night. Uh, Jane, it was like the first time you've seen it since it came out. In years, yeah, since it came out. I saw it, I think I've seen it once or twice um, since it came out, but not super recently. And it, I mean, it was really fun. I I really had a good time. It's, you know what, because we've been watching um, older movies, especially movies that we grew up with as kids, like, gosh, I guess every generation says, like, they just don't make them like they used to. Like they used to, yes. (laughs) And and it's weird because I feel like that's true. Um, Right. And and only, and I, I guess I can, I guess we only have confirmation because they keep remaking movies that we grew up with as kids, like Jumanji. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, and Aladdin, but the live action version. Like they keep doing the same movies yeah. that we grew up. So it, I feel like it only validates this this saying is right. they just don't make them like they used to, which is why they're remaking them. Well, they're remaking the ones they used to make since we don't know <laughs> what else to do. Exactly. They're like, God, you know what was really good? Those ones back in the day. Let's just remake them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so I, I yeah I agree with you and sometimes you you know you you, d- you dive into an older movie and you think oh uh, you know the pacing's not going to be that good or or whatever but yeah. I, it was really pacey and fun and I never felt bored never never um, and it just it also is just like a feel good movie you know like I feel like I caught myself just smiling yes watching it agreed agreed you know. So it starts with um, Dolores Van Cartier, who what a name! Is, uh, what a name! Van, Van Cartier sounds so fancy. I know, especially what's so funny is I love that it's her real name too. Because mm-hmm. what's so funny about it is like Van is Dutch and Cartier is French. Mm-hmm. So like, because of that being a real name, are like almost impossible. <laughs> uh, it just can't be right. Uh, but so funny because it is such a fancy name Dolores Van Cartier it's like the perfect lounge singer name totally which is what we find Dolores doing I mean you first meet her when she's little mm-hmm. uh, and she is um, she's a little rebel she's a little rebel and it's great because you sort of already set up right then and there that she's got um, issues a complex with the maybe with the religious nuns. authority yeah. yes yes exactly it's like mm, I'm not gonna listen to your rules nuns but you so also, that's that's a great little foreshadowing there but you also set up that she's like funny yes you know? like she's yeah. a fun playful kid who just is is being a kid you know yeah she's like a little rebellious but in a fun funny way not like a naughty way and the tr- I think so when we see her initially she's in a classroom and she's clearly in a Catholic school because she's being taught by a nun. And I think the nun's question was like, name the apostles. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I, c- I can't name the apostles. I mean, I too can't name the apostles, but I'm Jewish. So I have a good reason. Yeah. I was thinking like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Paul. I, there probably are more apostles than that, but. I guess I probably would have been like Paul and John. But that's oh, about it right now. John was probably... I thought John was a disciple. Oh, well, you see, you've already lost me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, my... But I, I mean, I love how she just said John, Paul, Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> so, mean. so funny. 
um so yeah yes. just like just fun she's just a fun smart aleck you know um, yeah it's great, great it's a great setup yeah and uh so yeah then we cut to her she's um grown up she's part of like a little doo-wop group in reno uh at a like skeezy casino mm-hmm. and uh and you can tell she's incredibly talented she's got uh, this great little show going but nobody seems to care and nobody seems to notice yeah um it was it was interesting they they did this thing <clears throat> which they don't really pay off okay um she's uh like while they're singing she keeps like getting annoyed when the girls like do stuff but it feels like right. they're doing exactly what they were supposed to do so i mm-hmm. i wasn't entirely uh sure what that was about i kept thinking uh, okay after the show she can have a fight with them because they weren't doing the choreography right or something i I wasn't i wasn't really picking up on that and they don't really follow through that's so true i also noticed that and i was like where is this going right yeah why is she getting so annoyed with them and then they don't follow through and i do actually wonder now that i'm thinking about it if perhaps there was like a deleted scene about it you know right well maybe well because remember like i told you well we were talking we, about it we earlier. We talked about it, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was trying to think of, I mean, because I really enjoy the movie so much, and usually I don't, I, usually I enjoy movies with great emotional arc, you know, where I, you feel satisfied with how the character, how the protagonist arcs throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, it's interesting, because she didn't have a flaw, but the only flaw or I could think of. a very obvious flaw. A very obvious flaw. Like, I really had to think about if she even had a flaw. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I could think of is that, you know, at the beginning we meet her and she's with her other two singers, kind of her backup singers slash dancers. And she is having a hard time. And so she's having a hard time and she just wants to leave the group and she's kind of leaving her other two, the two people in her group hanging, you know, right. Leaving. And (laughs) her arc then becomes, I guess, to, to stay and fight. And, and um, I guess it goes from being selfish to selfless right yeah i could see that i I think that i think that's a good arc i think it might not be super clear but i could i could see her arc being selfish to selfless yeah Um, i mean that that was like after really having to think about what what her flaw is even if she has one but that's the only one i can think of because that's the one that does get challenged again at the end though the the truth is like it's there it's just not um it's not overt it's not overt and it's not like harped on. They're not like making a big moment of her leaving the group. Like, oh my God, but if you leave, you're going to FF all of us. You know, right, like we have this right. thing coming up. We're not going to get paid. Like there's none of mm-hmm. that, which I think would m- make it a little bit more meaningful if you were trying to arc that specifically. Well, the problem is, and I could see perhaps why they might not have wanted to, just mm-hmm. because if that was the case, then you'd almost want her to come back and make sure she didn't screw over her friends. You know what I mean? Like down the line, you'd kind of want her to come back and 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 fix it with those girls, you know. Totally. Uh, so I could see why maybe they didn't want to like push that too hard because then we become invested in that relationship, and that's not the relationship they necessarily want us to invest in. Right, I can see that. So I could see why perhaps they might not have uh, pushed that too hard, and I think ultimately it still works where you still feel her arc that way, you know. But you know what I would have done, though, if that was the case? I think then my solution would have been to say to have those two girls come to the church at the end and be like, I hope you stick with this group. 
<laughs> like I hope you well I yeah I guess them, you know I guess what you could have done is maybe had those girls sort of start a new group so that they you know that they're okay right well, and, but then, also and then they come and then they can come back and be like we're proud of you for sticking it out this time you know exactly yeah exactly something like exactly. that where it's like she doesn't need to go back for those no. girls those girls are fine those girls are fine and they're they're in that they la- yeah they land they landed on their feet and they're cool right right yeah. well and now that they're they're rooting for her to do the right thing and she does this yeah. new group yeah yeah um so but yeah that was interesting because I, I do I did notice like that and I I really wonder if there was a deleted scene where maybe after the show she was like oh my god get it together guys you're not following my routine and it's annoying me you know like right um because as I was saying to you on our pre-chat for me what I felt like was the was the sort of arc of the story was more about her not feeling um creatively fulfilled mm-hmm. um and that I could see when she was on stage. One, like the girls obviously were doing something wrong. And two, nobody in the casino is paying any attention to her. And she put together this fabulous number. That's so interesting. Cause I definitely, you know, I definitely felt that, you know, cause they, they shoot, I mean, they go to a lot of shots of people like not really in the casino, not really caring. And then her just kind of like phoning in this performance, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and feeling a little unfulfilled. Uh, the only thing, the only thing with that though is, that although we saw it, like, I guess I would have loved to have a scene where the the frustration was um, vocalized. Clear. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think so, and I, I do wonder if there was a scene that they cut out. I mean, I don't know, but I wonder if there was somewhere in between. Because anyway, from there we go to her. Um, dating this mobster and she wants him to leave his wife and he won't um and she decides all right that's it she's had enough she's moving to la she's over all of this she's quitting the show she's screwing over the girls um and she goes basically to tell the boyfriend that she's leaving and she finds him uh shooting someone in the head yes (laughs) Uh, she makes a run for it. He sends uh, his goons after her and uh, she manages to get away and go to the cops who then put her in hiding at a uh, convent with Maggie Smith, who is none too pleased to have her. Good pun. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) No pun, truly no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, it's, I mean, and the truth is, like, the pacing of this is, is really, is really good. And, and it's weird because, uh, like, I feel like you're invested right away with, with Whoopi's, um, with Dolores's situation. But I, I guess, I mean, do, would you say you're invested because it feels like she's kind of getting screwed by her boyfriend? Y- yeah, well, I guess. Because you know is, what it is, she is having an affair with a married man. That's true, but what's what's so interesting about it is, she doesn't she doesn't want that to continue. You know what I mean? Like she's like, if this is going to continue, I want to be the person, and if I'm not the person, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be the person on the side. Right. She's like, um, you need to leave your wife for me. Right. Basically. And and what's what I think what I liked about that scene with her and the boyfriend 
it was a good mm-hmm. scene. Like their acting was really good. I thought so too. And what I really liked about it was you can tell she wants more and she's a good person, you know, like, and she's like cooked him dinner. She, she wants, she's, she's like aching for more and you can desperately feel the, uh, the, like the hole inside of her, the unfulfilledness really comes out in that scene and, and, and you kind of, uh, your heart breaks for her a little, or at least mine did. Yeah, but it's um, interesting because mine definitely did. But then I was like, how is my heart breaking for this woman who is who is in a relationship with a married man? Right, right, like, right. That's right. clearly a violation of any moral code, if you have any. It's true. But, but I at guess at the same just, time, I, yeah. For me, I guess it's just like, that's the world she lives in. This is a mobster. He probably has a girlfriend on every door. And she's just, she's. it almost feels like a little naive here. You know, like she's just totally uh she's just hoping uh for something that someone uh who's been around the block who she clearly is should know better you know what's what's interesting you know what's interesting though is i feel like that even though i asked myself that question i feel like we're in dolores's shoes where it feels like yeah but you know he he his his relationship with his wife isn't good you know, right. like he clearly yeah. doesn't love her, and we're really in her shoes for that. And right? Like, yeah. Whatever really, he has with Dolores is is so much stronger. Is obviously better, and and Dolores showing us, you know, that she cooked him dinner and a really nice, beautiful set out table, romantic dinner. You can tell she deeply cares, and and I think when it, when it, the scene starts right away with him saying, "No, I don't have time for dinner." It's like, ouch, you know, like. She it, it's because she's being really vulnerable. I think that's why. I think that's why your heart breaks for her. Mm. She's being deep, deeply vulnerable in that scene, and he just right. literally takes the opportunity to stab her in the heart. Right, like she is courageous enough to be vulnerable, and he's like, "F your vulnerability, I'm out." Right, right, yeah, exactly. And so at that point, you are with her. You want her to rise above this. Yeah um and it's great because then we get to the convent where she doesn't want to be at a convent she's grown up with nuns and no thank you and what's great is maggie smith takes one look at her and is like oh my god this must be some sort of crazy stripper or something uh that you want to move in amongst my girls you know yes definitely a deviant of some sort Yes, exactly. And uh, and it's great because it immediately sets up fantastic conflict between the two of them. Um, but they both sort of end up agreeing to do it, even though neither of them wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right away, Dolores uh, is bumping up against everything from having to wear the habit to uh, to the food they have to eat. She's just constantly complaining and the minute she meets the nuns that's such a great scene oh gets, i love that scene yeah <laughs> she gets brought to lunch it's it's so awkward everyone's like looking up at her and then of course kathy and jimmy's like the sweet cute one who's like waving at her all smiley and friendly everyone else is like who's this woman um and then she goes she sits down oh my gosh and then they ask her to say the prayer <laughs> that was so good that was so funny she clearly has not said a prayer in a very long time yes and so she just like combines like five different things 
she starts with like a bless us oh lord and you're thinking okay all right she might remember from when she was in uh she's like we're off to a good start here this is good but then she like oh i can't remember all the things but i know there's the pledge of allegiance in there there at the one point she's like by the power invested in me (laughs) 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 oh it was so funny it's so great all the nuns are looking at her like uh what Uh, from And then immediately she tastes the food and she complains. Oh my God, how can you eat this? This is awful, blah, blah, blah. And immediately Maggie Smith uh, punishes her and says, oh, perhaps a fast would be good for you. Well, it's interesting because like even before she gets to lunch, Maggie was talking about uh, like what the, the, I guess the promises nuns make, like a life of humility, a life of chastity, a life of Mm -hmm. obedience. And I was like, thinking to myself how in the hell did you ever get anybody to sign up to be a nun i know you know it's so funny i had a friend who was going to be a nun side note oh really yeah and uh she she came very close she was sort of like in the pre-nun training she hadn't taken her vows yet but she was like going there every day and basically like a nun intern what uh, um, do you know? What prompted her to take such an interest in that lifestyle? I, I'm not sure. I know she grew up with it. She grew up. She was, she was Catholic. She grew up Catholic. I don't think her family were particularly religious. No, she, uh, she. I think she found like a haven in in the church, and I think it gave her sort of a lot of peace. And so she would go a lot. And uh, the more she got into it, the more she enjoyed it. And uh, I think I think it just felt like a, a, a nice, safe place to be in. And, I, and it was something she, she had been planning for years, I remember. And I was super sad about it because she, she lived overseas. Um, and I just thought, well, you know, once they go in, it's very hard to keep in contact with them. They're not allowed personal things like cell phones or anything. I find it fascinating because like the three that she listed at like a vow of you know humility obedience and chastity i'm just like ugh. like it seems like joy is completely void in right their vows and i'm like oh that's just not a way to experience life you know true but, I, mean, to each their I mean if you if you have a family member that is a nun and happy no offense yeah no offense maybe they're uh, completely maybe their vows included joy <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh can i just say weirdly uh, a netflix notification just popped up here on my ipad and it uh informed me there's a movie called the warrior nun <laughs> Ooh, the warrior nun sounds interesting that could be fun I know. um so yeah so i guess you know i guess people do sign up people do want to do it although i will say my friend did change her mind last minute ah. and uh and now is a straight-up atheist so there's that ah. <laughs> but right, did a 180 um, she came she came real close um but she still loves all those movies there's another movie her and i used to love called nuns on the run mm. uh, which is actually sort of very similar to sister act it's uh it's about um these two guys who want to get out of a life of crime uh but they want to commit one more big heist so that they can run away with the money uh but uh, it all goes wrong and they have to hide out and they end up hiding out in a convent 
Um, and it, and they have to be, they're two dudes, but they have to be nuns. It's really fun and very funny. Sounds funny. Um, so, yes, anyway, back to Sister Act. So, yeah, she, uh, she doesn't like the food. Uh, Mother Superior pretty much tells her now she has to take a vow of silence and a fast. Uh, which uh, is great because I think, oh, I, I guess what it's teaching her is a little bit of discipline. Yes. Um, well, and the truth is, like, that whole nunnery is, like, all about discipline. All they do is chores all day. Right. They yeah. Dis- they're, they're very disciplined in their, the, their whole routine. They wake up at, like, five. They go to bed at nine. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They wake up at five. I forgot that part. That was hilarious. <laughs> the first morning. When yeah. Kathy to Jimmy comes and knocks on her door, she's like, time to get up, sleepyhead. She's like, what's the time? She's like, it's almost five. She's like, almost five? I went to sleep 20 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, so good. Um, but yeah, I don't remember. Because I feel like she breaks another rule. Oh, that's what it was. They're all like doing arts and crafts. And she's chatty Kathy. And she's chatting, Kathy is just telling them about all the horrors she's worked with and and things like this. And again, Maggie Smith like overhears this and she's just like, all right, that's enough. You don't need to spend time with these girls. You can spend the day cleaning. <laughs> uh, and then she cleans and cleans and cleans and cleans all by herself. She's not allowed to have friends now. Well, either. and Maggie, I think Maggie Smith is terrified that she's be, being a bad influence on these very wholesome, innocent nuns. Yes, you know, like they're getting tainted by her uh, sins, you know, and her sinful lifestyle. Right, right. Yeah, like she's going to sort of glamorize it or she's going to. Tempt um, them. Yeah, either tempt them or I guess out herself. But either way, it's yes. like um, they can't afford, she can't afford for either to happen. Right. So, um, yeah, so she punishes her some more. And now um, Dolores is cleaning everything. Uh, and we get a very sort of fun montage of her cleaning. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, she's had a very long, tiring day. She's in bed and this... Oh, at some point she does listen to the choir. I remember that. Because they're and terrible. terrible, yeah. Just awful. And she's like, oh, God, that's terrible. But that's all you... That's all that happens really there. And uh, after a very long day of chores, she's in bed and the uh, sort of meek, quiet, ginger gal, uh, I forget her name, uh, comes... Mary Robert. Mary Robert, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes comes into, uh, oh, it was so sweet, comes in to offer her alarm clock that her brother gave to her, which is just so cute, little sunflower, it's so adorable. The thing, the thing that like really is so attractive and and so great about this movie is all the nuns are just like the sweetest, wholesome, like innocent people that you just can't help but love right off the bat. Absolutely, yeah. They're just like they feel like puppies. Yeah, like you could never like you could never like hurt them. Like they're just so. Um... Yeah, and you know what it is? Again, it's ultimate vulnerability. They're just being, like, deeply vulnerable. Like, they don't know to to protect their hearts, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that is so... Endearing. Endearing, deeply endearing, yeah. yes. And uh, so, yeah, Mary Robert comes in. She brings her little alarm clock. They have a, a chat. And she says what I think is such a, a pivotal 
uh, a pivotal line and, and something that I, I think really defines uh, Whoopi's journey um, is uh, Mary Robert says, uh, sometimes I just wish I could, um, I, I wish I could share my specific gift to help people. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's exactly what Dolores wants to do as well. Like she just wants to give her gift and have it be appreciated. Um, and well, what's I great think- too, I guess what you're talking about, like the ultimate vulnerability is she asks her, like, is that selfish? Right, right. You know, like she has doubts about this very pure want that it is that it is selfish to to want to have your own thing to give, you know, your your personal thing to give. Yes. Rather than a collective thing. Than a collective thing. Yeah. Which is so funny because ultimately it's like, of course, it's not selfish. You want to give it as a gift. Right. Um, But, you know. I guess uh, it could feel perhaps conceited or something to think that your gift is greater, but I don't think it's that your gift is greater. It's just, I want my gift to be shared. Well, I think, I think she probably thinks it's selfish because she ultimately wants to get recognized for her specific gift. Yes, exactly. But it doesn't mean. And you know, the vow of humility there. That's the thing. She's probably afraid that it breaks the vow of humility. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I do think that that is like a really good through line. It I just I don't think it was set up for Dolores right away. Right. Like, I think it would have been an amazing through line for her as uh, as just a character arc, as you know, someone who has something to give, but the world doesn't want to notice, or the world isn't taking notice or giving her any recognition for her gift. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, she I think, desperately I think wants it's... to give it. I think it's there, just maybe yeah. not as as strong as uh, it could have been. But I mean, still very effective regardless. I mean, the movie still works so well. I mean, the movie absolutely works works very well. I just I don't think it that part is very obvious. Right. Like yeah. a, as a setup, I don't think it's it's like it's not. Yeah. Super it's sort of just a, a it's sort of just uh smoothed over. It's like there, but it's not like making you aware that it's there. And to the point where you might not know that it exists. Like, you might not know that that is what the through line they were trying to do. And and the funny thing is, I don't even know if they were trying to do it. No. <laughs> it's, it's what's funny. Yeah. Um, because it's it's that... Um, subtle. It's that subtle that it's, it's even questionable if it was done on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Mary Robert... Uh, has this little chat with her it's very sweet and i think it's a, such a pivotal moment too for two reasons one because of that line she says and two because i think uh dolores kind of sees the humanity in these nuns for the first time you know she's like I think, yeah it softens her yeah it softens her and kind of opens her up to i'm not really alone here these you know I, it's not like me against the world well and it's so funny because like she's out in the real world and she's kind of had to shelter herself and put on this like tough mask, you know, and these, right. these nuns don't have that mask at all. It's just non-existent. Yes, absolutely. And that must be like such a shock to someone like her. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So Mary Robert leaves. And I think, uh, you know, I think Dolores is still missing her old life just a little. And uh, she looks out the window to see there's a bar across the street and she decides, mm, screw it. I'm going to the bar. So she 
sneaks out of her room. And what's hilarious is as you see her sneak down the hall, you see Mary Robert notice and follow her. And then you see Kathy Najimi's character follow Mary Robert. And it's so fun to have this little sequence where Whoopi's sort of sneaking off, followed by the other two nuns. They all then go into the bar one by one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Everett of the Bar's reactions to each new person entering is hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, because the thing about it is they're in San Francisco, and this is a very tough neighborhood, as made clear by uh, the the mother hen and, uh, there. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, what's her name? Uh Oh, I don't know if I know the character the name, Maggie Smith. But they call her like Mother... Mother Superior, I guess. Mother Superior, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's made clear by her that this is like a really tough, grungy neighborhood. And so her her whole thing for how to approach it is to shelter these nuns as much as possible. Yes, absolutely. That's, you know. And, and that's, I think, why she's so terrified of Dolores. Correct. Because Dolores is a threat. Dolores is basically like inviting someone in off of that street that outside that she's been trying to protect the nuns from. Right. And so what's happening here when they all go into the bar is it's sort of the first exposure the other two nuns have had to anything outside of their gates. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so fun is um, Dolores is mortified that they're there. Right. And uh, decides to try and bring them, uh, try and get them to come home as quickly as possible. But then Captain and Jimmy's like, oh my gosh, they have a jukebox. I want to dance. So she has the little dance. Very cute. Very fun. But they do get out of there. Everything's fine. Except when they get home, there's Mother Superior and she catches all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Dolores is in trouble because... It's her fault that the gals left there. But this is when Dolores, I think, finally starts to um, get an idea for perhaps what could make things better here. And she sort of says to Mother Superior, like, "Mm, you know, these gals are locked up. They don't get to go outside. And, uh, And they could help. If, if you let them out, she's like, this is a dangerous neighborhood and you put them in danger and now I'm not going to let you do anything except be in the choir. And what I was saying to you about this scene in our pre-chat uh, was, for me, it felt a little silly that she's been punishing her so hard doing such difficult things like fasting and cleaning and a vow of silence and all this stuff. And now the punishment is you don't have to do any of that stuff. You have to be in the choir. Right. Uh, which I thought was super funny. Well, the, um, the thing actually, now that we're talking about it and well, for the second time, I'm thinking actually a, um, a solution to that could have been uh, seeing her reaction to the choir. Like when they're at church, like if her reaction was like, Oh my God, this is awful. Like, you know, like making a big scene of like putting her, like plugging her ears or, you know, something like that. Where like she knew it would be like punishment enough because she because she thinks they're so terrible. Oh right 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 because she knows she's a singer and she's like okay well now you've asked for it I'm gonna put you in this place that I know will drive you nuts because yes. you're a singer. yeah then it would feel like a punishment. Yeah well what I was saying to you earlier was 
I thought perhaps instead of sneaking out in the middle of the night, she could have snuck out during one of her chores. Um, and then I thought that way it would make sense to take away those chores because I can trust you. And so the only thing you'll be allowed to do is go to choir and go to meals and go to your room. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that way, like you'll never be, uh, you'll never have the ability to go outside mm-hmm. because outside will never be available to you. <laughs> right. Uh, so I thought perhaps it could be something like that. Um, but either way, they don't really cover that. So it felt a little odd as far as a punishment goes, but whatever. It moves the plot forward. It felt convenient. Yes. A little convenient, but it moves the plot forward. And, uh, now she's in the choir. You know what? I also like just talking about this and thinking about it a little bit more like mother superior, her whole worldview is one of fear. Absolutely. You know, she's terrified for these nuns to go out and and kind of help their community because she's terrified they're, the community's dangerous and they're going to get hurt. Right, for but sure. What's interesting is surely if you kind of took an oath to God and and kind of, I don't know, it just seems like that the whole thing is like fear versus love. For sure. But you I know. think, you know, I think that's such a, an easy... Um, an easy thing to fall down, you know, she's like, oh, yes, I, I want, uh, I want to be helpful to the community, but I don't want to risk any of my nuns lives. It's so dangerous. I don't want anybody hurt, you know? Yeah. Um, and so like, if they come to the church, fine, but otherwise I'm not sending them out there. It's too dangerous, you know? And I right. can feel like in her mind, she thinks that is an absolute act of love. It's protecting them, you know? Um, and, you know, and we're, we're helping in whatever capacity we can without, without putting my girls in danger, you know? Right. But it takes an outsider to kind of show her that there's that, that, that fear is a little bit unwarranted. Absolutely. Which is great. Um, so basically, yes, uh, Dolores joins the choir uh, it's bad. She also doesn't know any of the prayers, so that <laughs> so she decides to sit out the first song. Uh, but then Mary Robert says um, that she was a singer, right? Is that what it was? I think I think it was because Dolores had told her uh, or something when they were having their chat. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she'd heard it from Mother Superior. I don't remember. But somewhere along the line, she's like, oh, uh, Dolores um, was a singer or something like this. And mm-hmm. she, she can help us. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, yes, please help us, help us, help us. And then the current choir master is like, oh, well, if you think you can do better than me, then go for it. Right. Uh, and Dolores jumps in and sort of organizes everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on how they sing and then gives them a little bit of advice on how to improve. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they're a little better. Yep. Not a lot, but a little. But and, a little in a promising way. Right. Yeah. And then like she, like they have potential. They're not completely um, lost. But what's so great there is you also get to see her use her uh, little bit of diplomatic skills mm-hmm. by, um, going to the former choir master and saying, I need you to help me whip these girls into shape. I need you to help 
give them the discipline they need because I know that you really believe in discipline, which is what she's come to learn about that nun from their previous conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that nun loves that because it's like gives her a purpose, also doesn't make it seem like she's uh, redundant or not, you know, doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, she's I trying thought, to include her yeah, in the process. Which, which I thought was clever and fun, mm-hmm. fun to watch because it also makes you, I think, as an audience member, which I think is great writing too, is like not dislike this Dolores for, um, you know, kicking to the curb this old nun. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, cool. Right. Dolores has found a way to include her. We don't have to feel bad for this nun losing her position. Yeah, that was such a, uh, it was just, that scene is just so fun because, you know, at the beginning of the scene, they are just wretched. Like they are terrible garbage hot trash and then Mm -hmm. at the end you know Dolores takes them just by a little restructuring of the altos and the sopranos and the bass and and just giving them a note to hit and you know there's so much potential there it's it's like it feels it feels exciting yeah and you know I think why else it feels exciting is just like what we were saying earlier is I think for Dolores um it's her moment to finally it's, it's, it's like uh, it's when you it's finally find yeah it's where you you find your your puzzle piece finally fits you know and you can feel it in that scene mm-hmm. it's like ah oh, she's it's found clicking. her place yeah she yeah. found her place and it's right yeah like this is where she's thriving um what was that i i, I think i i told you the other day <laughs> it's a very la thing to say but i told you the other day that my uh, therapist had said something along the lines of, uh, you found your, oh, I can't remember what the word is now. Very annoying, but like uh, something like you found your, your super purpose. purpose. Yeah, like your super purpose or your ultimate something or, oh, I wish I could remember the word because it was a very, it was, the word for it was the perfect. Oh, dang it. I do remember you telling me. Yeah. Oh, but and, you know. I know. Both of our brains are mesh. Mesh. Just Um, complete mesh. Complete (laughs) mesh. If you wonder why we say mesh instead of mash, it's because our brains are mesh. (laughs) Correct. That's how (laughs) mesh they are. (laughs) Right. That we don't remember to say mash. Mm. Or is it mush? You see, this is is the point. It's mush. I was going to go with it. I was was just going to give that to you because, you know. But it only proves how meshy my brain is. (laughs) It's a hot. It's a hot match. A hot match. Yeah. What was it? Ultimate calling purpose. Yeah, perhaps it's the ultimate calling. Something like this. But anyway, I feel like that's what that scene is. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see it in in her in her. But it's so funny. What what's so interesting about it? What's so interesting about it, or at least where it was to me, was I like beyond just seeing it, I like actually felt it. I was like, oh my gosh, she's really found her place here. Um, and it felt so satisfying yeah. to me because I was like, this is where she needs to be. Um, well, you know what? I guess it's the first time in that nunnery where she's made use of her skills for the positive. Right. But I feel like it's so much more satisfying to her than anything that happened at the lounge. Totally. Well, I guess, I guess also, you know, like she, before she was like getting punished and she was cleaning stuff. That's, that's not very 
meaningful to be cleaning mm-hmm. stuff but it's like when you're transforming um a group of people and relating to them and i guess giving them their confidence back you know what it was what? it's exactly what mary robert said it's using your gift to help people totally and i think yeah. that's why it's so satisfying because it's like that's exactly what she's doing she's using her right. gift to help people and 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 it feels so right mm-hmm. um anyway from there we go to their first performance uh, where they announced that um, Dolores is the new choir master, much to Maggie Smith's surprise. Yes. Uh, they start singing, and it's lovely, and it's beautiful, and everyone's so surprised. It's much improved from the last from their last performance. Yes, and uh, and Maggie Smith is even pleasantly surprised until she. Until Dolores gives us the remixed version. <laughs> yes, until we hit the <laughs> remix. And then she gets down and loud and fun and... And everybody's loving it except Maggie Smith. Right. It's not traditional. It's not any of those mm, nunnery vows. The nunnery know. hymns. Yes, exactly. Yes. But what's so great is they're literally rocking the joint and even people outside are like, what is that music? And they all start coming in. Gosh, it's so interesting. It just speaks to the power of music in general. You know, like how moving music is and how, I guess, unifying it can be. Right, right. Um, But what's also, yeah, it's just so interesting because we were talking about, you know, the, the vows and I was like, there's no vow of joy, but it's interesting because their lives are very disciplined and it feels like until before Dolores, it was very bland and now all of a sudden it's bright. Absolutely. She brought the sunshine. She brought that sunshine. But not only once, once she, it's amazing. That's why I feel like that line that Mary Roberts says is, is kind of the most pivotal line of the movie because the minute that that happens it's like not only does she change the nun's life, she changes her, her own life, and then it sets off all these changes in the community too. Yeah. Um, because then we start seeing people coming into the church. And anyway, right after the performance, Dolores is in big trouble. Um, she's having a big argument with um, Maggie Smith. And all the nuns are listening in at the door. And then the, I believe the priest comes in. He listens at the door for a little. He hears Dolores in trouble and he comes in and he decides he's going to flip it on its head and congratulate Maggie Smith for what a brilliant idea to put Dolores in charge of the choir and what a great job she did. And did he, did she see how it brought people into church that have never. This church is a dying church it's like on its last leg here i mean there's yes. nobody yes there's nobody nobody's coming it's so dangerous no yeah it's just not the community's not interested in the church and the church doesn't seem particularly interested in the community and it's really not doing very well right uh and the Struggling priest comes in and he says oh my gosh what a fantastic idea to put uh, mary clarence i.e dolores in charge of the uh choir that uh, that was so amazing and it brought uh, so many new people in and how wonderful and maggie smith is like oh uh yes that's that's great and then whoopi in a stroke of genius decides 
to uh, up it a notch. And she's like, you know what? She was just telling me how she thinks we should all go out into the community and help. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is so fantastic. And the priest just jumps on that. And so do all the nuns. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's great. That's all we wanted to do this whole time and blah, blah, blah. And next thing, Maggie has been, uh, her hand has had her hand forced. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have this fantastic montage of um, nuns getting down and dirty in the community. Right. All over the music that they're singing. All of their uh, Salme Regina. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's great. It's really fun. And you see them helping the community and they're repainting the walls and more and more people are coming in. Um, and it's going really, really well. Um. Oh, right. And then she appears on TV by accident because it's going so well that now it's in the news. <laughs> um, but she <laughs> she manages to hide. She almost gets seen by her ex, the killer mobster, who's still He's on still the hunt looking for her. her. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't see her, and it all seems to be going great, and um, and everything's going really, really well. And they find out that the Pope is coming to the States and he's heard about their church and he wants to come to church. And uh, she says, I think we shouldn't do any of that boogie woogie stuff. We should do the original normal church hymns. Uh, And they decide to have a vote on it and everyone votes against her. Meanwhile... Um, the cop who placed Dolores in the Not, uh, in, in the convent, yes, uh, calls Dolores to let her know that um, her court that, date has been uh, moved scheduled up. earlier. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And once uh, the boyfriend is arrested, she can she'll be free to go. So it might be in the next couple of days. And she's like, "Well, I can't miss uh, the Pope is coming. I can't let my girls down." Uh, and she's a little disappointed because um, she's made you know, connections now. She's, she's made, made connections. Yeah. And she's, she's, she's taken them this far. I mean, she's attached. She's attached she's to attached. them. Yeah. So she's a little disappointed and, uh, and she doesn't really want to tell them that she may have to leave. Um, and then, oh, and then she has a meeting with, with, uh, the mother superior who tells her mm, she's also leaving. They're both leaving uh, because obviously she's out of touch with this church and she should go where she's needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a little bit of somberness in the air. Uh, and so the paperwork is getting processed to uh, get Dolores back to her life. And it gets put on a crooked cop's desk who then informs uh, Vince, the ex, about where Dolores can be found. Um, and so they send their goons after her. Meanwhile, the cop finds out as well uh, about this crooked cop. And so he also comes to save Dolores. And he gets there. And he's like, all right, Dolores, you got to go now. The goons are coming to kill you. And she basically says, I can't. I can't go right now. I'm, I can't leave my girls. 
Uh, and he's like, are you insane? Did you not hear what I'm saying? They're coming to kill you, which I love because basically, again, I think this would have been hammered home harder had she been the kind of person to just bail on her girls, like you said earlier. Yeah. Uh, because this moment really shows, like, um, I, I even if even if my life is on the line, I'm not going to bail on my girls, and that shows such a a, a huge level of growth for her. Right. Uh, again, like you said, selfless to I mean, selfish to selfless. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So the so she decides to uh, go to the little nun's room and sneak away. Because she just she can't leave her girls. She does. She climbs out of the bathroom window and right into the hands of the goons. Uh, who then kidnap her and Mary Robert. Uh, but she manages to get Mary Robert out of the car and say, look, you don't need her. You've got me. That's what you came for. Right. And Mary Robert then tells the cop what happened and they go after her. And this is so fun. They come into the nunnery. They tell the whole story. Dolores has been kidnapped. And uh, we have to go save her. And so, so great. Such a fun sequence. The nuns all hire a plane (laughs) and go to Reno to save Dolores. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, once they get there, I guess there's like, uh, oh yeah. Oh, it's such a great sequence. She's she's like uh, being tied to a chair. The goons are told to kill her, but they don't want to kill her because she's a nun now. And they can't waste a nun. I mean, this this the climax of this movie is just so much fun. It's like action packed. So much fun. Yes. You know, and but it's there's comedic moments in it. It's just it's just so entertaining. It's it's thrilling and funny, which is great. Yeah. Like yeah. it's on the edge of your seat, like, oh my god, she's gonna die. But like, also so funny. But it's hilarious. It's right. Yeah, it's such a hard. Um, it's a hard combo, you know. To, yeah, to it's nail. a really hard, hard line to walk, and very yeah. impressive. I think they did a really good job with it. Excellent. Um, and yeah, basically, the guys are having a hard time killing a nun, so they tell her, "Okay, well, we can kill you as long as you get out of your nun's outfit." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they untie her, and then she punches them both in the balls and makes a run for it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the other nuns have arrived. Uh, they've all bumped into each other in the casino and they all split up. And now there's like a million nun- nuns running around and they don't know who to follow. Mm-hmm. They manage to get away as a group, uh, except they all get cornered in a, a room where Vince shows up. And yeah. he's about to take out Dolores when the cops shoot him. Uh, and he gets arrested. Because they don't shoot him dead, of course. It's PG-13. Um, yes. They shoot him in the arm. Like, all good cops sh- should. Like, good cops <laughs> should. Exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, he gets arrested. And she says, I have two words for you. Bless you. So good. <laughs> Which was fantastic. So cute. And it ends with uh, them going back to the church. And, and now performing she's- for the Pope. Now she's not wearing her habit because now everyone knows she's not a nun. Uh, but she is still the choir master. And um, and they perform for the Pope. And it's a very happy, very satisfying ending. Very satisfying. You know what's, you know what's funny is that in the sermon, 
uh, um, the priest was talking about Mary Magdalene. Oh, right. Yes. This is earlier. This isn't uh, during the Pope sequence. This is earlier in the, the film. I think somewhere in the montage, once they've started to get people coming in, once yeah. they've become more hip and young people are there. But it's, it's um, so funny because I'm literally reading that Gnostic gospel right now. Oh, that's so funny. And it's I just like read the part where they kind of like uh, in in the book uh, have basically mm, have basically stamped her as like this whore of like a sinful person who can't be trusted. Right. Um, and it's just funny that they used like a sermon based off, off that. Well, I, it's actually so perfect because that's exactly what Dolores has been labeled when she right. arrived. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah, it's like the parallel of Mary Magdalene and then Sister Mary Clarence. Yeah, exactly. Like Mary. She uh, is like the Mary Magdalene. Yeah, and and what's so great is you know Mother Superior has kind of labeled her a whore and a sinner, mm -hmm. and not to be, not to like mix with her girls. Right. And what's so fun is that they come to realize that um, she has worth just like anybody else. Look, and you, the real lesson is you have to mix with the sinners in order to have a good time. It's so true. Sometimes <laughs> the sinners can show you a good time. <laughs> JK, um, JK, but kind of true. But totally true. Because yeah. at the end of the day, everyone's a little bit of a sinner. You got to mix it up. Um. So what are your overall impressions? What would you say? I mean, I think people can probably tell we both really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I really, really, it was really, it was so entertaining, so fun. I feel like it just flew by and not in a bad way. And like, just, I was having so much fun that I didn't realize that time flew by while watching it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I loved, loved, loved the music. Same. And I thought Whoopi's performance was really fun, really great, really really funny like really uh she's very charismatic very charismatic and it, it's so interesting you bring up her performance because i was um i don't know if we've mentioned it on the podcast but um my one of my favorite my favorite movie is back to the future um and uh in an interview they had talked about um how they replaced eric stoltz with with michael j fox about six weeks into shooting so they had shot six weeks of that movie Mm -hmm. um, and they were explaining that Eric didn't have the comedic uh, oh, chops. timing, yeah. And even and like basically, what was happening was he was playing the scenes too seriously. Um, mm. and 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 then while they were doing the interview, they were showing Michael J. Fox's facial expressions. Um, because it's so much reactions in that movie. You know, my that character is constantly reacting to things that yeah. are happening to him yeah um and they were just showing his facial expressions and i was like yeah he's so expressive you are one like entertained but two it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like he's playing it for laughs but it makes it funny mm -hmm. and i think that that's exactly what Whoopi was giving us mm -hmm. i think is that same thing where you're just like she's like reacting to stuff and her character is not trying to make us laugh but it's funny because of how she's reacting to it yeah the funny is in, in the reaction yeah um yeah. but 
what's I think what takes a really talented comedic actor is someone who knows how to react big without reacting for laughs. You know what I thought you were going to say? Yeah. I thought you were going to say they initially tapped Whoopi to be Doc. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You have just given me the best idea for a reboot, which would be a female version with Whoopi as Doc. <laughs> that would be like that hair, you know? I would watch the hell out of a Back to the Future with Whoopi as Doc. I would, I would love that. How fun would that be? And then we could take it back to the 80s. Oh, love the 80s. And then you'd meet like 80s Whoopi. It'd be so fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm here for it. Here for it. That's but it. We're yeah, going to do it. I think, I, think, I think that's what I would take away from her performance for sure. Is just like she has that innate skill to give you those fantastic reactions that are deeply character-based but still hilarious. Um and not played for laughs and that is such a fine line to walk as an actor yeah the thing is i feel like you can tell when an actor's going for a laugh and because it's like you can feel it and because you know that they want the laugh you don't want to give it to them you never do and it's also like a psychological thing there you know what it is though it it takes you out because it's at the end of the day the character is not Mm -hmm. actually reacting to that thing then right they're like waiting they're like giving that reaction in order to make you laugh Yes, instead of actually truly reacting. And I think what's so great is what Whoopi and Michael J. Fox gave us in both of those movies are, are like reactions. Authentic reactions. Deeply authentic to the character yeah. and yet still funny. Right. Yeah. Um, which, which is special, very special. Um, and, and that's why they're celebrated actors. Gosh, I didn't even like, honestly, I didn't even realize that when we were watching the movie about how the priest was preaching about Mary Magdalene and the parallel between that and, and Dolores slash sister Mary Clarence. Like, I, and I just thought like, just, well, I guess it's just cause I read that book that I was like, huh, like they, the Catholics really didn't like her as, right. a, yes. as, a, as a person. So then to be preaching about it is very strange, but yeah, those writers must've really known their Catholicism. Or... Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, though. It, it, like, when I was watching it, the first thing I thought was, oh, it's basically it's it's basically Dolores' story here, you know? Yeah. She's, she's the sinner amongst the, the, the flock. Right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I really loved it. I thought the story was great. I thought the acting was phenomenal. I thought it was funny. It was pacey. Uh, it was, the music was great. The actors, all of them outside of Whoopi, were all really, really good. There was no weak link. No. Um, just a, a really solid film. I would uh, rate it, I'd say, an eight Anons out of ten. I would do nine. Nine? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, guess I would do eight just because I feel like, uh, yeah, some of those things we said could have been improved but so minor really really minor um but for me the only movie that can be a 10 is a movie that would have to be my favorite of all time so and i can't say sister act is my favorite of all time so i'm gonna go eight i feel like eight's a strong one i feel like nine is stronger and it's still that's not true not nine is nine is real t- real close to being yeah. a favorite of all time it's it's definitely cream of the crop yes yes Absolutely. So I'm going to give it a nine because it is cream of the crop. Well, that that uh, gives it an average of 
8.5. Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good. Um, well, uh, that about does it for this episode. Oh, we have uh, social media now. Not a lot of social media, just a little. We're just starting out. But we do have a, a Twitter handle and an email address. So if you'd love to recommend any movies to us, uh, any of your favorites uh, that you'd like us to do a deep dive on, we'd love to hear them. Uh, I mean, or you could just, you know, email us and tell us why you wanted to become a nun. Or maybe you are a nun right now and you're listening. That's true. Know. Maybe you are. Who knows? Do they let nuns n- listen to podcasts? Fingers crossed, hopefully. Do they let nuns watch Sister Act? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, and also, if you don't agree with us, if you think Sister Act is a piece of garbage, we would like to hear why you do. Yeah. Um, and any of our previous uh, podcasts, uh, you can also message us about those now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, our Twitter handle is at MovieAnonPod. And our email address is movieanonpod at gmail.com. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully easy to find. Would love um, to hear from all of our one listener. From all one of you who hopefully uses Twitter or takes the time. <laughs> Please let us know um, what movies you'd like us to do next. Or uh, if you disagree with us on any of our previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so I don't know what we're doing next because officially for us we're doing Hocus Pocus next. Although for you, you will have already heard that. So I won't say what we're doing next. It'll be a surprise to you and to us. But I mean, isn't, uh, isn't it going to be Sister Act two? I mean, it could be Sister Act two. It really could. We could do back to back. I mean, I feel like we should. Well, all right. I mean, if you're committing to it, then Sister Act 2 it shall be. I mean, let's go for it. I mean, once you sign up with Dolores Van Cartier, you got to go all the way through. I know. What's that Celine impression? Celine? Oh. Um, shall we go for it? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer uh, yeah. is yes. And the answer is yes. <laughs> um... All right. Well, I think we have waffled on long enough. So thank you all for listening. We will see you next time for Sister Act 2. But in the meanwhile, keep on keeping it on and we'll catch you next time.